Hey, before we get into today's conversation, I have a favor to ask. Can you fill out the CityCast Philly survey? It's for us to learn more about our listeners and to make CityCast Philly a better podcast for you. Go to citycast.fm slash survey to take the survey. It's only five minutes. Trust me, we timed it. That's citycast.fm slash survey. Okay, now here's the show. Today on CityCast Philly, our city has around 70 public outdoor pools. They're a big relief when it's hot outside. Last summer, many city pools were actually closed because there just weren't enough lifeguards. But the city has been trying to recruit more people for the job. So what could this year's pool season look like? It's Monday, June 12th. I'm Trinae and here's what Philly's talking about. Robin Borlando, you're a retiree turned Philadelphia lifeguard. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And Alex Hughes-Taylor, Aquatics Director at the Philadelphia Parks and Rec. Thanks for coming on CityCast Philly. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, Robin and Alex, I want to get your insight on this. What's something that you most look forward to in the pool season in the city? This year, I am looking forward to teaching the kids to swim. More pools are opening up. And instead of saying, no, don't jump, don't jump, I want to be able to say, this is how you move correctly in the water. I'm excited about meeting the kids who I interacted with last summer. And this is your second year lifeguarding, right? Yes, yes. What keeps you coming back? You know what? I started last year only because of I needed something to do. I'm not good on this retirement thing. I'm still not good on it. <laughs> But I wanted to do something for the community, for Philadelphia. We were in a bad way and things haven't changed too much. The only thing that's changed now that we have more pools open that kids can come to and interact with. Uh, so I wanted to continue this journey just to see how we are progressed and how the kids have progressed. Alex, what are you looking forward to uh, this pool season? Looking forward to a couple of things. Uh, looking forward to being able to open more pools than we did last summer. Last summer, we were only able to open about 48 pools. This summer, we're on tar our target is to open at least 60, 62 pools. So a big jump from last year. So I'm really excited about that. I'm also excited about something uh, Robin mentioned, which is our swim lessons. This year, we plan to incorporate swim lessons in every one of our day camps that are at a city pool. And all of our lifeguard two, which is our head lifeguards at our pools, are getting American Red Cross basic swim instructor trainings this summer to help provide the best lessons for the public. Can you tell us some of the responsibilities there are as a lifeguard, Robin? Well, keeping the kids safe is a top priority, making sure that um, they know the rules for getting in, uh, giving them a safe haven, a place to come and play. Uh, we don't know what's going on in these kids' lives at home, but we do, and we can control what's happening mm -hmm. when they come to our pools. So it's getting to know the children, know what they look like when they come in, when they're having a bad day. And I believe me as a grandmom, 
I think we can see more in a kid what's going on or just notice it a little bit quicker. So I think that's the big thing, giving them a safe haven, a place to play and just release themselves and to learn too. The lifeguards mm -hmm. that we have on point are college students that know that are, uh, we had a, a doctor, someone that was going into the um, army. So they're very smart kids. I've even learned from them. That's great. Alex, can you, you know, kind of explain or help me to understand why it's hard to get people to do this job as a lifeguard? Uh, sure. Yeah. So there's, there's a couple of reasons. One is it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to become a lifeguard. With Philadelphia Parks and Rec, we have our candidates come out and screen with us and make sure that they can complete 300 yards swimming nonstop, demonstrating freestyle and breaststroke, as well as having to be able to tread water for two minutes without using their hands. So it's physically intense. Yes. And then also having to um, go down to a deep, deepest part of the pool and pick up a brick, bring it to the top. So that's just the screening process. Wow. So that's not even, you're not certified. So you have to do all that just to get into one of our certification classes. Once you've accomplished that, your certification class takes about 25 hours to complete. It takes a, a full week if you're doing it every night. So it's a lot of time and it's a lot of commitment that you have to put in in order to become certified. We've had a lot more luck this year because we were able to pay for the certification classes as well as help pay for some of the barriers that kept people away in the past. And that's a, a big deal because previously you would have to pay $175 to get your certification. Mm -hmm. So we've really made an effort trying to find ways to make it easier for people to become lifeguards. And you all have also like done some really like creative ways for recruitment, right? And I know there was an initiative to get more teens as lifeguards. There's a program for Temple University students to get credit for their college courses if they become a lifeguard in Philly Pools. Did any of that recruitment work? Absolutely. We've seen a large uptick in both teens as well as we're starting to see an uptick in the Temple students. But specifically the teens, we made a big point of going out and speaking to teens at their high schools and the rec centers and places where they are and really encouraging them to try something new. Mm. On top of that, we also had a program with Fabu Philly, which was in the Drexel area, and we partnered with Drexel as well, where we encouraged kids to come out and we had the opportunity to give about 13 youth the ability to spend 12 weeks with us learning what they needed to do to become lifeguards while getting paid and also getting job preparations with Fabu F uh, Philly. So learning how to write a resume, learning how to go on an interview, uh, learning LinkedIn and all those kinds of things. So it was a really great partnership that we plan on trying to continue in the future as well as expand on. Same with Temple University, the credits. Right now we're seeing a couple students uh, reach out, as well as we had some students that were already kind of in our process that were excited to say, oh, cool, now we can get some credits. Um, that's a big thing I'm trying to work on for the future. How many staff members need to be available for a pool to open? So 
if we're talking lifeguards, you need a minimum of two lifeguards to open a pool deck. Now, two lifeguards gets you open, but it doesn't let you utilize your full pool. We usually shut the pool halfway down because, you know, we want to make sure we make it as safe as possible. Ideally, we have about five lifeguards assigned to a pool. They might not all work at the same time, but we have at least five assigned, as well as we need at least five pool maintenance attendants. They're the ones who take care of the pool during the day and are there 24 hours a day to make sure that the pool is in tip-top shape. We, we strive to get at least 10 total staff for each pool, but we try to get to be at least 12 to make it a, you know, a really good season. Now, what have you heard from from lifeguards? And Robin, you can hop in this part too. You know, what kind of supports do you all, you know, need to make sure that you have a, a good summer at the pool? You know what? I think it starts before the summer to get that support. And I've said it before that these kids in the inner city can't afford to go to the areas where they have where they pay dues, they can't afford to travel. They don't have that option. So if they had, and I think something's going to open up soon, if they had programs in the wintertime where these kids could learn how to swim and adults learn how to swim beforehand, that would be a way to have lifeguards come into the system and it wouldn't be such a flurry. They would already know, they would already understand. So if there was a way to connect winter sports, winter activities, an avenue that they could have to learn how to swim. And this would go right to the um, summertime. If I want to make sure my pool opens in my neighborhood, who should I contact? How do do I make that happen, Alex? Um, You'd want to speak with the facility supervisor to see how they're doing with their recruitment efforts. I kind of look over recruitment on a grand scale, try to recruit for all the pools, Mm -hmm and make sure that the lifeguards are certified and trained and ready to go. But really when it comes down to it, each individual facility supervisor picks their staff and hires their staff. Lifeguarding is, uh, we're, we're kind of down to the wire at this point. It's getting somebody trained because I mentioned earlier, it takes a little while. But having pool maintenance attendants at a facility is, is also important for those sites that may not get their full complement of lifeguards. So if they're not able to, to to get five lifeguards, if as long as we have pool maintenance attendants, we can open that pool three times a week. We can use the two lifeguards that we have and use them for opening a couple five days or, or three days. Like we're trying to figure out the best way to make sure we can spread out the lifeguards that we do have. But a big part of that is also making sure we have the people that are there to look after the water while we're not there. I'd like to add something. Sure. I'd like to put a, a shout out to uh, the senior citizens out there that also the PMA, the pool maintenance positions that are available, is something that they could apply and help to do as well if they feel as though they didn't want to get in the water and still wanted to have some communication, some activity, some connection with the, uh, their community, that that's a way to um, come into this pool system, become a PMA. And when does the pool season officially open? When do the pools officially open? Pools will start opening Wednesday, June 14th. And we'll be opening about two to three pools daily and rolling it out from there until the week of July 3rd. 
Nice. That was Alex Hughes-Taylor, aquatics director at Philly Parks and Rec, and Robin Berlando, a Philadelphia lifeguard. Thank you both for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thanks so much, Trinae. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And here's what else Philly's talking about. After a commercial truck carrying a petroleum-based product caught fire, an elevated section of I-95 collapsed. According to 6ABC, the fire broke out early Sunday morning near the Cotman Avenue exit. Officials say repairs could take several months. SEPTA announced it would add extra capacity on several of its regional rail lines. You can find detours online. City Council proposed a bill to crack down on illegal street racing. According to Philly Voice, if passed, any driver caught drifting or doing donuts or spinouts would face a $2,000 fine. This comes in wake of the shooting death of Anthony Allegrini, an 18-year-old who was shot by state police after allegedly hitting two Pennsylvania state troopers with his car on I-95. And the city named 27 community organizations to receive money for addiction treatment and prevention efforts. WHYY reports each organization will get funding through the city's Overdose Prevention and Community Healing Fund. Now, Philly can start using the national opioid settlement money it got. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your neighbor to get their swimsuits ready, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.